gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up, wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. Ticket water cooler. I am Jake Balkovin. I have returned, and instead of getting any screen time, we're going to give it all to Rico. Uh, so we got Rico double on the screen. We'll we'll fix that. I'm very <laughs> important. I I will go fix it. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, it won't ta- it won't take him too long. Uh, but now we have nobody on the screen, so uh, that's that's just as good as having double Rico, I suppose. Uh, but we will get this thing off and running. Uh, obviously, the big news uh, across Husker Nation uh, tied in from Ainsworth. Carter Nelson makes it official. This It looked like it was trending this way. We were all hoping that this would be the case. He, of course, had his latest visit to Nebraska. And then here, just a few minutes ago at 12 o'clock in Ainsworth, Nebraska, uh, he commits to the Huskers, a uh, huge commitment, top 100 player, pretty much in, in all recruiting services. Uh, he will be joining Daniel Kalon, David Hall, Isaiah McMorris, Ashton Murphy, and Donovan Jones as in-state recruits for the class of 2024. He's also the 14th commit of the month uh, for for uh, Coach Rule and his staff, so they've been on an absolute tear. But right now, I mean, with Carter Nelson, that is uh, – that's the crown jewel of your class. Uh, that is a huge get uh, for a guy that's had offers from Unless everywhere. Unless you do better. <laughs> Unless, Unless you, do you better. go out and get Brandon Baker. <laughs> Take that, Carter Nelson. <laughs> but even then, I mean, an in-state, in-state tight end that has you know the likes of Alabama and Georgia and Notre Dame, mm-hmm. um, all all in on him, and, and just about any other school you can name. Um, you know, maybe maybe they could. Maybe they go out and get an, another highly rated. Uh, kid but you know this is to get the in-state kid this might this might either way be the you know for in a lot of people's minds the top the top top get first off welcome back Buck. it's great to it's great to have you back maybe maybe if uh nebraska goes on a recruiting tear like this you'll have to leave again and then come back apparently come back the day that 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 a a highly ranked recruit is supposed to make their decision (laughs) if that's how these things are going to work out um but uh, first off, again, welcome back. But getting getting Carter Nelson in the boat, getting Carter Nelson N, as the kids are saying nowadays, um, is massive for Nebraska and for the Huskers. And uh, I don't know how much of a peer recruiter he is, but just getting him to you know put on the Husker uniform and commit might be enough to to possibly at least catch the eye of some of the higher-ranked recruits who maybe Nebraska has been in talks with just to say, hey, look, we've got another guy who's top 100 ranked, you know, top 40, the number two tight end in his class or number seven, depending on what recruiting rankings you're looking at. Either way, he's a top 10 uh, at his position and, and a top 100 uh, in the entire nation. Maybe seeing that might sway the interests of some of the other highly-rated recruits to, to at least – consider giving Nebraska another chance because you've seen, you know, after Daniel Kalen commits, and I don't want to say it's all been him, but after he commits, Nebraska's just gone on this run of in-state commits. And um, 
after the these massive recruiting weekends that they've had, you've seen a lot more people, a lot more of these these high schoolers um, deciding to to commit to Nebraska. So there's maybe there's something in the water. Maybe it's the uh, you know new new coach first year uh, first year on the job. You know maybe he'll get Nebraska back to where he's where it's supposed to be uh, mentality. Uh, maybe it's a lot of hype. I don't know exactly what it is or what's going on, but as of right now, Nebraska's recruiting is, is on some sort of crazy tear. It is, and, and and I think, though, too, I think the Carter Nelson commitment does balance it a little bit more. I, you know, I, and, and I hate to keep using this term, but it, it's kind of what you, you see in recruiting is Nebraska does have, you know, of their 21 commits now, I think eight of them are outside, you know, just according to 24-7, are outside the top 1,000 players in the country. Um, typically you know, maybe you get four or five of those kids in a class. So, you know, Matt Rule has, has shown in, in his first two classes that he's willing to trust his own eyes, not necessarily go off, you know, recruiting or other offers, mm-hmm. uh, recruiting services or other offers, and, and, and maybe give these guys chances or sees guys that maybe – Maybe you don't get big time offers now because they're not quite there yet. But he sees if he puts some development into them um, that that they could be that, those type of players at this Big Ten level. Um, but you know, it, it, it this this does kind of balance that a little bit because you do have a lot of under the radar type of guys committing. Um, this is anything but an under the radar yeah. guy. This is as big as it gets for a Nebraska in-state recruit. Um, in quite some time and Malachi Coleman, uh, you know, another top 100 player last year that Nebraska was able to, to grab in state. But, you know, I, I, you know, when you kind of think about guys with that profile, you know, maybe Niles, Paul Baker, Stein coolers, you go back to those, you know, it just, it, it isn't every year, um, that you get the opportunity in state to grab a top 100 kid from Nebraska and for this staff to, to immediately, have that not only have that opportunity, but to to land both those guys in back to back classes is absolutely huge. And then obviously you kind of think of the tight end room and, and how good that looks. If Thomas Fedoni can can kind of break free from being uh, a little bit injury prone and, and have a big year, the shackles of the injuries. <laughs> That's right. Um, and obviously Eric Gilbert, you hope to see him get his uh, his pass so he can play this year. Um, but just absolutely huge. And then the other thing is typically you kind of think of Nebraska as far as in-state recruiting as, okay, you might not get the skill position players, but you can pepper in some offensive linemen and maybe a linebacker here and there. Um, this, this class is led by its in-state Nebraska skill position players now. I mean, you're thinking down the line, you could, you know, three or four years from now, have Daniel Kalen lining up with Davon Holland, Isaiah McMorris, and, and now Carter Nelson. Those yeah, are all, yeah. you know, your skill position. Yeah, if you're thinking about, as you said, three years from now, however many years from now, you could have a Nebraska quarterback from the state throwing passes, throwing touchdown passes to an in-state wide receiver, another in-state wide receiver, and an in-state tight end. Like, it's a little, it's a little ridiculous, or not ridiculous, it's a little crazy to think of because, as you said, when you think of in-state recruiting, you're thinking of offensive linemen or you're thinking of, of linebackers and maybe you know, some defensive linemen as well. You're not really thinking of um, position players ranked this highly, at least for quite some time, in the state. I know back, back, in, back in the day that there were a, a number of position players and offensive linemen that you were getting out of the state that were able to contribute at a, at a, at a high level, but for the most part, um, there haven't been as many. There have been a few, but as many um, in-state kids who you would think of as in a couple of years doing something like this, being being, and you know, not not to put any type of um, 
any type of expectations, but being, you know, highly regarded in a couple of years uh, within the conference, within the everything else. Well, I, I think it's interesting. And I bring this up too once in a while is that, um, you know, the mid 90s, we talk about having to go out of the state and get the Florida speed and stuff. We talk about that a lot, but, um, you know, it also kind of coincided with just a great time um, for Nebraska high school football and, and getting some of those players. I mean, you think about the mid 90s, uh, you know, would. Would 95 have happened the same if you didn't have him on green? Obviously, down the line, you have you, Eric Crouch, an in-state Heisman winner, mm-hmm. uh, you know, skill position-wise. Uh, and, and so, you know, obviously Nebraska is not at that point to get from top five program to number one. Um, but, they, but, you know, maybe this time around that in-state skill um, that's just popping up here for a few years, and maybe it will continue. Hopefully it continues. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that can help kind of push Nebraska – back into the conversation, not national titles. We're still kind of way, yeah, a little, little ways bit. away from yeah. that, um, but back into Big Ten conversations of yeah. being a team to look out for a year. And, year. and this isn't to say that, you know, just because they're having success in state and they're recruiting in state, that that's going to fix everything. No, you still got to, you know, you mix in your in-state guys with some of the out-of-state guys, some of the guys from Texas and California and Georgia and Florida, uh, uh, Alabama, up in the Northeast and the Pennsylvania and in the DMV area. Like you, you still need to go out and get those guys because they're also going to help you win. But keeping the talented, the highly talented, highly ranked um, players that are in the state with you at the home state school is a step in the right direction. And I understand, you know, maybe if you look back at, at the first year for Scott Frost, he kind of, the first two years, kind of did the same thing. He did, a, he, was a, he did a pretty good job in his first two years of keeping some of the higher-ranked players in the state. Uh, I think his first year he got the number one player, and that was Cam Jurgens. He just re-recruited him. And then the next year he got, like, the top four or five players to stay in-state and to stay at Nebraska. Um, but then as things went along, Maybe he fell out of favor with some of the in-state guys. Maybe he fell out of favor with some of the guys in the Metro. But now you see Matt Rule making it a priority to to go into the Metro, go around the state, go to tiny Ainsworth, which is a four-hour drive from this studio right here, and, and pluck a... <laughs> Uh, and pluck a top 100 player out of an eight-man school in, in Ainsworth, Nebraska, uh, to, to commit to Nebraska. So being able to get the in-state guys is great. It's a great feeling. It's amazing. But don't think that just because you're getting the in-state guys that all of a sudden things are going to be, you know, hunky-dory and, and rainbows and butterflies. You still need to go out and you still need to get some of those higher-rated recruits out of other states. Yeah, it, it's always going to be a mix, but it is it is cool to see an emphasis on Nebraska and really what Matt Rule has done. I mean, there was a time, and I remember asking Brian Munson this, who, who hopefully will, will join us tomorrow, is like, will Nebraska, I mean, how bad of a look would it be if Nebraska didn't get any of the three from Bellevue West? Well, I asked him that, and that wasn't that long ago, a couple mm-hmm. months ago. Uh, Matt Rule's been able to, to kind of completely turn this thing around, and like you're saying, maybe jumpstart it with the Daniel Kalen thing, which... Uh, obviously it was jump-started by Dylan Riola not yeah. coming to Nebraska. So maybe Dylan Riola not coming to Nebraska is, is helping. No, I don't know. Who uh, would have thought <laughs> that losing the number one recruit in the nation would lead to recruiting success? Yeah. 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 It, not, it, I mean, kind of. Look, <laughs> we're not – I'm not – yeah, I'm not saying like, yeah, this is this is the best thing that could have happened. No, the best yeah. thing that could have happened is getting Dylan Riola and then mixing in this with some other highly ranked recruits. But this is also good. Yeah. in uh, in in it's it, – it's just a role for Nebraska, obviously, like we've been saying. Um, interesting little uh, little note here. For Nebraska, 
the last hopefully they can land another uh, top 100 recruit again I went with 24 sevens numbers here and I like to jump around from recruiting sites to recruiting sites so I don't necessarily have a favorite but t- mm-hmm. today I was doing 24 seven um, the last time Nebraska had two top 100 players what year do you think it was two top 100 um they don't necessarily have it now, but they've mm-hmm. you've got one in in the boat here with Carter Nelson. We'll see. They've had a lot of high my first high I, players. On first thought was one of the Mike Riley classes, but I feel like I'm wrong. You were wrong. Is it past Bo? Bo didn't do that. It, it was Bo. It was, it was, it was Bo. A, it was a Bo year. Oh, oh, what year for Bo? I got I got nothing. 2011. Nebraska had three top 100 players. None of them named Amir Abdullah also came in 2011. But Aaron Green, <laughs> Jamal Turner, and Charles Jackson. Three top 100 players. That explains why I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> right. N- none of them necessarily turned out to be that guy at Nebraska. I mean, Aaron Green Aaron finished Green his season. Right. Finished his good. career at TCU. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jamal Turner was oft injured. Yeah. And Charles Jackson injured a little yeah. bit here and there as well. Um, how about this? How about this exercise? Um, with those three... Okay, just top 100 players in general. Mm-hmm. If I said, okay, the last 10 of them, what year do you think that dates back to? The last 10? The last 10 top 100 players to commit to Nebraska. Uh-huh. So what do I have to guess? Like, how long ago would, would it have been, like, the 10th the, the guy on that list? The 10th guy? Yeah. Uh, 2002. It's the same thing. 2011. Ah, okay. So you go. It's kind of fun to get, kind of go back through this again. This is according to 24/7 Sports. Um, the last top uh, 100 guys. Again, this is this is the, to kind of give you an idea of what Carter Nelson the commitment means today. Uh, just because Nebraska doesn't get these guys very often. Malachi Coleman, of course, in 2023. Mm-hmm. Thomas Fedone in 20 and Fedoni in 2021. Okay. Turner Turner Corcoran. Actually, oh yeah, I in forget. Uh, yeah, yep. fringe five star. Fringe yeah, five star. Yeah. Big time get out of Kansas. Uh, has played a lot. Um, Wandale Robinson in 2019. He was top 100. Top 100 player. Hmm. So you're averaging about one a, a class here outside of 2022. Um, Mike Riley did get a few of them. Tyjon Lindsay in 2017 and mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson in 2016. Maybe why you don't think of as Bo as having those type of guys is because he didn't his, his last couple of years. 2011 was the final year that he had a top 100 players so he went from 2012 to 2015 without one um going a little bit further than back braylon hurd in 2010 uh was one of those guys baker stein cooler in mm-hmm. 2008 um but again you're you're not there's not a whole lot of you just don't get no. a top 100 players a whole lot at nebraska doesn't happen that often for nebraska it's a yeah. lot of it's a lot of uh development even though you you want to say that nebraska should be getting those high tier five-star four-star guys as as Bach just pointed out doesn't happen that often for Nebraska. So what you've got to do as a coach at Nebraska is be that developmental guy, is being able to take those guys who still are going to be decently highly ranked, highly highly recruited, um, but they're not going to be the likes of uh, of a Carter Nelson, a Baker Stein cooler, you know, guys like that who are who are in the top 100. So what you have to do is is grab those guys and turn them into potentially top 100 guys by the time their careers end at Nebraska. You're not and maybe it'll change when if if you not start when, winning. if you start winning when uh, not if, if you're supposed to say the other way around no if you start winning and if you can get back to that that um that plane again then maybe things will change and turn around and you can start getting back into the creeping into the top 100 players and uh, taking more than just a, a single top 100 player each year 
Well, yeah, and, and again, with Malachi Coleman and, and Carter Nelson, those these are in-state guys. Um, even you go back a, a little bit further with Fedoni and, and Corcoran, these are, you know, regional guys. So, you know, maybe that next big step is to convince a guy from the outside um, mm -hmm. that this is the place to be. And we'll see. Hopefully, you know, this class is not done. 21 commits now total. Uh, I believe uh, Terrell was saying he was looking up the rankings. Nebraska's now up to 14th. Um, for what it's worth, there are a few teams with like 12 commits with a lot more four stars that'll probably jump Nebraska at some point. Yeah, so we were looking at this yesterday. Yeah. And like you said, Nebraska jumps up to 14th, just one spot ahead of Minnesota. Um, Take that, PJ Fleck. But like, so looking at this, teams that I believe Nebraska will not finish ahead of by the time the 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 national signing day comes around: Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Texas A and M, Arkansas, Florida State, Miami, Alabama. Definitely, yeah. They're at thirty-two mm. because they only have eight commits. Three of them are five stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Illinois is going to finish. Higher than Nebraska. Really? Yeah, I do. Oklahoma's at 41. Um, TCU, or not TCU, uh, Texas is down at 55. I think they'll finish high. So there's like six or seven teams that I think will finish ahead of Nebraska when the, by the time it's all said and done. So I, I don't believe that they'll finish as a top, uh, top 20 class, maybe top 25, if not just right outside of it. Which is interesting, too, because, again – this staff isn't putting an emphasis on, okay, where are we going to finish Win in the recruiting the season. Well, just like the recruiting rankings clearly don't matter all that much to them mm -hmm. because they're going after guys that don't have a whole lot of, uh, you know, hype as far as that goes or, or offers. Um, and so I, I think that that has to be somewhat, I, I guess, just contextualized or thought of is if you're a fan base and, and you're looking at where exactly they finish is, is realize the staff doesn't care all that much where exactly they finish. They mm -hmm. care which guys they're getting. Exactly. Um, and, and which guys they see potential in and, and maybe fits for the culture and developmentally and all of that. Uh, so big news, big day. We'll Nebraska. see if Stanford stays at 11. Stanford's probably going to stay at 11. <laughs> uh, big news, big day for Nebraska. Carter Nelson, Ainsworth tight end, commits to the Huskers. I uh, was at uh, uh, the College World Series. We'll talk to a lot of people from across the country, and I, uh, you know, with with uh, with talking about Huskers, um, it's, it's it's a consistent thought. And Colin Cowherd brought this up a couple weekends ago too, is that Nebraska shouldn't have gone to the Big Ten. They haven't had success in the Big Ten. People, at least on the outside, continue to say. Uh, it is a mistake to switch conferences. Now, we know financially that couldn't be further from the truth, but mm -hmm. how much do you believe that's factored in to the on-field performance? We'll talk about that coming up next year on 93.7 The Ticket.